welcome back to another fun-filled episode of the Matt Nick Show. I'm back, and I'm better than ever. Uh, maybe not better, but, you know. Show's been gone for a while. I've uh, been pretty busy in life, and I feel bad because I've been neglecting this little project a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to try to do better at that. <laughs> I don't know if this show is going to end up being uh, weekly uh, moving forward, seeing as I was having trouble uh, finding the time to be able to sit down with people. But I think I'm just going to be doing it, uh, you know, whenever I can. And hopefully that will help me uh, improve the quality of interviewees as well. So this way I'm not just throwing any Joe Schmo that I know in my life uh, on here, so... Uh, been pretty busy since the last time I was on here, uh, you know, a lot more wrestling, uh, currently in a little bit of a lull, uh, as far as traveling and stuff, uh, purposely decided to take, uh, the month of July pretty slow, I think I've, I've only got a handful of, of bookings this month, uh, just want a chance to, you know, relax, uh, and, you know, enjoy the summer, spend time, some time with my family, uh, spend more time with my new baby niece, uh, and you know what, and then come August, when uh, we start hitting it hard again, and try to get out there and, you know, travel as much as humanly possible, uh, we'd been going, me, and, me Stevie Fierce, and, uh, and Eddie Paul, we'd been going pretty, uh, pretty hard for the last, like, year, year and a half, like, damn near once a weekend, uh, so it's, it's nice to take it slow a little bit, um, anyway, uh, this week on The Matt Nick Show, I sit down with my good friend James Camione, aka James Russo, uh, who's the, uh, co-owner and promoter for Freelance Underground, formerly known as Underground Wrestling, uh, it was a pretty good, uh, pretty good conversation we have here, we, talk about his his beginnings in wrestling and uh you know the the creation of underground and and how freelance underground came to be so uh, i think you guys are gonna really like this uh i did we hung out and uh we watched (laughs) we watched jurassic park and the marine 2 so that was a pretty good uh pretty good day so enjoy the interview and i'll talk to you guys soon oh son of a bitch Probably fine, right? Yeah, probably, it's probably fine. It's probably fine. You should probably do a test. No, I mean, yeah, it, it looks fine because the dots on the on the thing are working perfectly fine, <laughs> and it's working for you too because when you laughed, it redlined. That's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm very loud when I laugh. Apparently, I'm oh, just man. talking normal and it's redlining. You're a loud individual too. I try not to be a loud individual. <laughs> oh man, it's been a while. Since I've done this. Yeah, what's up with that? I just, you know, life gets in the way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some pe- people actually listen to this shit, which it blows my mind. But there, there was a couple people that that would come, they would ask me or, like, message me or something and be like, yo, when's the next, like, episode coming out? Well, when you <laughs> produce, like, uh, it's like a wrestling show. They're gonna, they ask you when the next wrestling show is, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, when's the next freelance date? And you have to have that prepared. So if you start doing something like this, of course they're going to ask when the next show comes out. 
Yeah, and I was doing pretty good. Like I, I well, I, I think I had like five episodes in, like, and I was going like every week. Mm-hmm. And and then I was like, damn, dude, I realized I didn't have enough time to to sit down and talk with somebody like once a week. But well, that's because you're a jet setting fool. You're everywhere. Not only do you run freelance, but you're jet setting all over the place to wrestle too. So it's just it's hard, man. I, and I feel, I feel like you know, not that I'm doing the recording through my phone. Uh, it's pretty easy to like corner people, I guess, and just be like, "Hey, let's talk for a minute." But uh, I just got to be better about it. And I mean, you don't even need to corner people. You can just turn it on in the car when you're when you're traveling. Yeah, no, I think I got to try it and see how the how the uh, the mics pick up in the car like this because I think that like if I just have the recorder by itself, it it kind of uh, you pick up a lot of like outside noises, but that might not be a bad idea. <sighs> but uh, but here we are. I don't know. Uh, I don't know exactly what episode this is. But I'll, in my intro, I will do. I will have all the info. I'll do. My intro is going to be before this. Before we start talking. Um. But we're here. Yeah, we're here. We're here in, in your home. In my house. And um. Welcome. Well, <laughs> welcome to the show. Well, welcome, welcome to, to my. Your, welcome to my house. Yeah. Welcome to your house. <laughs> It only took you three years to finally come over and see it. I know. But you know what? It's, it's a very lovely home. It's uh, an old house. What did you say it was built in the... Early 1900s. Early? My great-grandfather built this house. But did, did he build it by hand? <laughs> did he physically build it? Or yeah. Like, he was uh, like a, a... My great-grandfather and all of the male children were all bricklayers. Oh, really? It's yes. just like ran in your family? So, yeah. Um, the person that actually lived here before I was a retired bricklayer. So they built it, and family's been here ever since. That's crazy. And it's it's a pretty big house, too. I was like, when you were giving me the tour earlier, I was just like, man, like, this place just keeps going. Like, every, every you know, room was another room, and there's another room in that room. It was just like... Yeah, it, it, the rooms aren't that big, though. Like, I feel like I like our bedroom here is super small. Like, what we turned into the office was a bedroom. Oh, really? Yes. So the room behind us right now was a bedroom, and you literally could probably just put a bed in there and a dresser, and that would be it. And, I mean, there's not... I mean, if you look standard electric versus what's in this house, there's less outlets everywhere. There's only one outlet in the room behind us. Oh, really? Yes, and it's high up on a wall. Yeesh. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> and you didn't even get to see, you saw the top half, the bottom half, there's another bathroom, two more bedrooms, uh, two living rooms, another laundry room, a bar. Oh. Oh, yeah. And you said it's a, another it's, kitchen. It's open down there? And another kitchen, yeah, and there's n- nobody living down there mm-hmm. right now. Right now, it's just being used for storage. Maybe, uh. Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, I asked, I, so I, t- I, I put up a post uh, asking for topics and questions and stuff like that. And naturally, you know, with our, our history yeah. and, and, your, and your history, uh, a lot of questions about wrestling. But we'll, we could jump into those questions uh, in a little bit. Um, but let's, let's, talk, let's talk about you. Let's talk about your... 
you so you're you're okay. If you didn't, if you're jumping in this episode in the middle of it, and you're not, you didn't catch the intro. This is James Camioni, aka James Russo, aka JC Smalls. Oh, don't even start busting that <laughs> shit out. Don't research that. Uh, he is uh, the co-promoter of Freelance Underground here in Chicago, uh, and also a wrestling manager. Now let's talk about the so the, the humble beginnings. Of, of James Camioni, like what, uh, what, what is your your earliest memories of wrestling? Like, what is what is the shit that you grew up and you're like, man, this was this was my jam. I remember wrestling as far back as when I was three years old. I remember Andre and Hogan. That is literally my my first memory of wrestling is Andre and Hogan. The match from WrestleMania three. Yes, or? the match from WrestleMania three. Hearing about it, mm-hmm. even at three years old, um, my dad watched it. He used to watch the old AWA stuff with the Bruiser, the Crusher, <laughs> Baron Von Raschke, all those guys. Um, my so, dad every time he says, "I used to watch wrestling when it was real," like, it was like yeah. the Bruiser and the Crusher. That's like it's always that's all he ever talks about. But. Yeah, that my my father does the same thing. Like, my father, since I moved out, he doesn't really watch wrestling anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, every time I bring up wrestling, he goes, oh, it's not the same anymore. And <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean it's not the same? Oh, you, these guys, they, they're, they're not real fighters. Uh, yeah, neither were, neither were the guys in the ring when you were watching it. They were real fighters outside of the ring for sure because <laughs> they had to maintain that believability. But they were the same just as the John Cena's of the world. Yeah, I picked John Cena of all the people. Okay. How sad is that? John Cena's—he's the—he's the man. He is—he is pro wrestling right now. I guess. I don't know much about him being pro wrestling now, seeing as he's not around anymore. But I mean, like in the in the aspect of of it being like oh like normal human out in the street like yeah hey who's your like tell me a wrestler they'll either say Hulk Hogan, Hulk The Rock, Hulk. Stone Cold, Undertaker. Or, yeah, oh yeah, Undertaker. Or John, John Cena. Cena. John Cena, because he's so mainstream right now. Yeah. Hosting the Kids' Choice Awards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Religiously hosting the Kids' Choice Awards. Yeah, he's Awards. done it a couple times now. He is, uh, I'm pretty sure he had his own section of clothing at, like, Target or Walmart. Of course. I forgot where exactly they produced that at. So you, uh, you, your earliest memories of wrestling is Hogan and Andre. Dad got you into wrestling for the most part. Mm-hmm. What uh, at what age did you kind of like? So when you you say three years old, were you watching consistently after that, or was there a time when you were just like, like an official start point? Official like start point was probably after WrestleMania six. Is when you know I was old enough to try to watch it as much as possible early Saturday mornings early Sunday mornings mm-hmm. you know they used to have superstars and wrestling challenge on and then at the time before Raw it was prime time wrestling uh. which you know back in that day uh, it was bedtime when that came on yeah unlike now little brass get to stay up until 10 11 o'clock at night when I was a little kid it was like 8 o'clock 9 o'clock you're in bed oh yeah I remember <laughs> but I remember I started really watching religiously after Hogan and Warrior at six. Mm-hmm. And then from that point on, as much as I could get. And the 
thing is, is that I wasn't necessarily a WWF fan. Mm -hmm. I was hooked on NWA WCW. Okay, yeah. Uh, The TV Guide had a picture of Sting on the cover of it after Ted Turner purchased WCW from the NW from Jim Crockett promotions. And, and for those of you younger listeners, the TV Guide was a yeah. <laughs> a, 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 a publication that would come to your house uh, that would list what was coming on TV that week. Yeah, unlike now the digital format of it, where you could just from the remote control scroll up and scroll down. <laughs> but Sting was on the cover, and I was I was all about Sting. Sting's probably my favorite wrestler till the day I die. Sting was great. Oh, he still is great. Well, he doesn't wrestle anymore. He's still hey, he's great, st- though. still great, damn it. He's still great. But, yeah, so WrestleMania, Wrestle, right after WrestleMania 6, I really started getting in hardcore into watching wrestling on television. And that's funny that you say, like, that you grew up more as, like, a WCW uh, fan because I was, I was the same way uh, when I started watching wrestling. And I think I was probably, like, s- seven years old, I think, when I first... Like, my, my earliest memory of wrestling is watching, uh, like, Eddie and Ray from Halloween Havoc 97. Um, youngin'. Yeah. You're such a youngin'. <laughs> I keep forgetting the age gap difference between us. Well. Uh, Were you, like, seven years old? Yeah, I was seven years old, and uh, that was, like, my earliest memory of that. And I didn't even know that, like, WWF existed until, like, two years later. And, like... One of my friends was like, hey, did you hear what happened on Raw? And I was like, what's Raw? <laughs> I was like, you mean Nitro? And they were like, no. <laughs> and then I, we, I went over to his house and watched Raw with him uh, that next Monday. And, uh, and then I was like, oh, I didn't know there was more wrestling. But I remember watching, uh, because I was start- at that point I was watching, and I remember watching Chris Jericho's debut in WWF. And being like, oh, shit, that's Chris Jericho from WCW. Like, and it, it, it didn't, like, I couldn't fathom the idea of them, like, being on, the, on different shows like that. It just it seemed, like, bizarre. Um, but, yeah, so you grew up WCW, NWO. Uh, oh, yeah. NWO, yeah, I was, like, I wasn't a Hogan fan Neither ever. Was I. I was never a Hogan fan. Um, until black and white NWO Hogan. Hollywood Hogan was the shit. Yeah, I, I mean, I grew up in the era of all I, all I really knew was Hollywood Hogan. And, and I was like, always like, ah, this is old guy, whatever. I always loved Macho Man, uh, just because I thought he was a lunatic. Uh, and Sting and Goldberg, those were like my guys. But I, I definitely gravitated a lot towards the cruiserweights. Because they did all the cool shit. Um, so let's fast forward a bit. Uh, you, do you wanna do you wanna talk about uh, your your starts in? You mean eleven years ago? And your your performing? <laughs> wow, I didn't I didn't even realize that I've been in, involved in the independent wrestling scene since two thousand seven, helping promote and stuff like that, like. Until we sat down and I really started thinking about it, I did not realize it's been already over ten years. That's wild, isn't it? Though, like, it's been almost it's almost ten years for me. I've been I've been at, uh, this past March was eight years for me. Jeez, man, 
Time flies. It really does. It, like, in wrestling, time flies so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I can't believe, like, the people that have come and people have gone in that so time, many. too. People that I thought would be around forever are no longer around. People that I started watching are gone. And people that should have been gone a long time ago are still yes. kicking around. And then you have, you, have the wonderful, <laughs> you have the wonderful guys that just won't give it up because they like what they do, not realizing they're not necessarily the best at but what we, they do. But we still love them. Yeah. We still love them. Most of them. <laughs> <laughs> I said earlier, either this is going to be really fun or I'm going to get myself into a lot of trouble. But I'll, I'll try to keep the gloves up as much as possible. <laughs> So yeah. Uh, so how'd you get? How did you get your start in, in the the biz? In the actual business, the actual business of wrestling, or just in wrestling, involved in wrestling to get to that point. Uh, both. Oh we'll god. Start, start well, like every moron, including Matt Nix, I was a, a, a backyard tard. Oh yeah, that's and well do- that's well documented <laughs> on this show. Yeah, I was a backyard tard and just. End of 2006, I was like, I, I, this is getting, I'm getting too old for this shit, to quote and, and Danny old, Glover. And how old were you? I don't even know. I don't want to add that up. Um, <laughs> I was too old, too old to be playing around in a backyard. I wanted more out of it. I wanted to be involved in the actual professional wrestling business. So in 2007, I ventured out to try to at least look into if I could start an independent company. And I partnered up with a gentleman by the name of Brian, who was a flash in a pan in wrestling because of outside sources that didn't necessarily agree with this guy Brian's business sense. Sure, and that happens. Happens quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And I was introduced to a man by the name of, oh God, Tony Scarpone, who I, I know there's a lot of stories out there about Tony, and most of them are true, <laughs> but, <laughs> but if it wasn't for Tony, I probably wouldn't be involved in independent wrestling today. Yeah, Tony, to, you know, Tony's, uh, Tony's a good guy, you know, he's, he's, he had, uh, like you said, a lot of stories about him things that have happened in the past, but I think he's definitely uh, matured a lot in, in his age, and, uh, and uh, you know, he's, he's helped me a lot of, with a lot of things, too, and, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy that everybody knows in the Chicagoland area, yeah. if you're in wrestling. For, for better or worse, for better everybody, or for knows. Worse, everybody knows Tony. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, Tony, Tony definitely gave me my early my early um, introduction to exactly what the independent wrestling scene was going to be. And if it wasn't for him, I definitely would probably not have started running my own promotion. He fast-tracked it. He, he's, he's the one that woke up one morning, his father threw a newspaper at him, and said, hey, business opportunity. And Tony read the paper. There was a VFW hall in Joliet, Illinois, that 
was risking possibly going out of business. They needed more, more rentals in order to stay open. And Underground Wrestling was born. And uh, so tell me about the, the beginnings of Underground then. What, uh, what, what time was this? Like... Uh, this was early summer 2008. Myself, uh, Tony, and Bryce Benjamin were the original three owners of Underground. Mm-hmm. And Tony pulled Bryce and I into a hotel room, laid everything out, how he wanted everything done. He was going to do the sponsorship and business side as much as he could. And he wanted Bryce and I to do the creative and booking of the shows. And that is pretty much how it all was. Like, there was no, like, laid out plan outside of, okay, this is what we're going to do. And, all right, let's start contacting people. Let's start putting stuff together. And then, uh, you know, time time progressed and, and, and people, business, business ended and you guys kind of went your separate ways. Um, and is that, did, were you managing? Did no. You, you didn't, you didn't do any managing in the early underground days. No. Did that start in, in Galley? That started at Galley. Um, the original underground days, it, it was a good, it was a good year. And for an upstart company, you know, the first show, wasn't that much of a draw, but there was buzz out, and then it just took off. We were selling out. The, the capacity was 350 for the building without a wrestling ring or any of the other stuff up, mm-hmm. and we were putting 350 people in there with no major names on the shows except for homegrown talent. Yeah. The, the Joey Marks's, the, the Mason Conrad's, the Calypso's, the Ryan's. Ryan Slade, the Tokyo Twins, all guys that you may not even hear of now. Yeah, a lot of these guys don't even wrestle anymore. <laughs> Crazy, isn't most it? Most of them. Most of those names you just said. And I mean, and, and we had an awesome, we had an awesome vet of, by the name of Jerry Lynn, who was coming in and, and helping out and wrestling on the shows. Who's that guy? Yeah. What has he <laughs> ever done, right? <laughs> but uh, Jerry, Jerry was, our, was probably our main guy. Our name, if you will, on what the shows. A, what a fucking legend, dude! To, Seriously, to be able to learn Jerry, from Jerry Lynn. Jerry is by far the nicest guy in the whole wide world that I've ever met in professional wrestling. That has done something. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I met him. I, I met him once in passing when he came out to work AEW, and he was staying with Tony at the time, just staying okay. at his house. And then when we brought him back out to work he remembered my name like that that I'm so minuscule on anything at that point for Mm -hmm. him to say hey James how's it going I was like holy shit Jerry Lynn at least knows my name he doesn't know me from you know anything but at least he he took the time to remember my name Mm -hmm. that's awesome yeah it shocked the hell out of me that's pretty sweet um. So yeah, let's talk about you becoming a manager. Oh, what's what? Uh, what was that kind of process like? So in June of '09, uh, obviously, Bryce and I went our separate ways from Tony. It was a uh, it was a bad breakup, if you will. 
Sure. A, a lot of mudslinging, a lot of BS going on, fingers pointed, whatnot, what have you. So Bryce and I took our talents to the South Beach, like, <laughs> <laughs> so to speak, and we really focused in on helping out Carlos Robles of, of Gali, Lucha Libre. And we came up with an idea of a way to turn Bryce heel. He was at the time teaming with Joey Marks. They were the most overact in the company. Mm -hmm. And Joey Marks was in a feud with uh, Mustafa Ali. Hey, another guy we know. He was in a feud with Mustafa Ali, and Joe gave us the opening when he cut a promo because he wasn't thinking of what he was actually saying. And Joe said, if it wasn't for Mustafa Ali, I wouldn't be wrestling. When in reality... Bryce was Joe's trainer. Tony sure. was Joe's trainer. Even Robert Anthony had his fingers in Joey Marks' training as well. Mm-hmm. So Bryce, who is a creative genius when he wants to be, saw that. And he's like, boom, this is your in. And he's like, Are, do you want to manage? I was like, absolutely. It just all exploded from there. And is that... So in that thought... Uh, let's talk about the syndicate. Oh, geez. And so was this, was this the, the beginnings of the syndicate, or is that, did that come a little bit later? I, this was the beginnings of it. I, I, I believe it was the beginnings of it, but there was no name until after, after Bryce was gone. There was no name to the group. It was just me and Bryce. And I think... Lamar Titan may have been with us. Really? But he, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. But Lamar Titan comes and goes. In anywhere he is. Any, anywhere he is. Um, but it was just me and Bryce for the most part at that point. The whole group thing didn't really start until after, after Bryce really started to step away from wrestling. He took a year, year and a half off yeah, or something like that. Because I think when I started wrestling, he wasn't there. He wasn't around, and then I remember him coming back, and it, and but I remember him from going to shows and stuff. So I was like, "Oh shit!" Like this is Bryce Benjamin, like he's like he's like the dude around here. Um, but yeah, he yeah, I remember him taking the time off. Uh, but let, but let's talk about the uh, the beginnings of the syndicate. Oh, first explain explain what the syndicate was. Um, I'm Italian. <laughs> let's just put, <laughs> put it out there. I'm Italian, and you know. Mason Conrad had just turned on his tag team partner. And in the end, you know, money talks, bullshit walks. That was the whole gimmick. Mm-hmm. It's nothing personal. It was strictly business. Goodness, yeah. And Throw back to the old mafia days. You know, you know, at first it was Bryce. He turned on Joey Marks. Why? He was insulted. I saw it storyline-wise, and I paid Bryce off to beat the hell out of Joey Marks. I paid off Mason Conrad to beat the hell out of Cameron Salem. I paid Valentino to turn on Cameron Salem when Victoria's Secret was a three-man group. Mm -hmm. And then after that, Bryce stepped away from wrestling. He needed some time off. He was burnt out. Everything just... Everything that I think happened with the original Underground, and us constantly trying to figure out if we could restart Underground since 
Tony changed the name to Pro Wrestling Blitz. I think he just needed time away from wrestling in general. Sure. He was only wrestling in, in Michigan at the time. So then we brought in a guy by the name of Dayhawk who wore a mask. And so we were sitting around in Overload, too. Forgot about Overload. Shame on me. Baby Ty. Baby Ty. And um, we were in a group chat, and we're like, oh, we need a name. So everyone's throwing different names out, different names out. And then Dayhawk throws out the syndicate. And immediately I was like, I like that. It, it kind of fits into to what I'm doing. You know, we're all made guys in our minds. Mace Conrad's on board. Dayhawk's obviously on board. Overload's on board. Valentino and his usual self. He's like, nah, I don't really like it. So he was, you know, outvoted and he had no choice. Yeah. Uh, but it, it turns out that, you know, back in the original, like, SmackDown vs. Raw games, when you're trying to join up with somebody as a team, you're given options, and the syndicate was one of the options, and Dayhawk fell in love with the name. So it's really out of a video game. Really? I had yes. no idea. That's kind of funny. And when we picked it, I had no idea. So that that that's where the name came from. It, it was a spinoff of me being a, you know, pretend mafioso and everyone working under me in order to better their careers. And it and it's funny because there's just there's been so many different um variations of the of the group. Um so many different members of it at, at one point or another, myself included. Yep. And uh it was a lot of fun. That was like some of my fun most fun memories, uh not just at Galley but like in wrestling in general it was just like doing those those like 30, 45 minute match, main event matches at uh. Galley in the front of the, but the crowds were like super hot and like, like really into like everything that we were doing. Like they just like, I mean, they weren't the biggest crowds, but they were just like very passionate and the, like. The crowds loathed us. Yeah, they, they loathed us. They hated us. You know, getting spit on, she water thrown us. at us, balls of paper. Oh Yeah. I came out one time. I was throwing tortillas at the crowd. They threw them right back at me. <laughs> I got a whole bottle of water dumped on me. Um, yeah, the crowd was crazy back then. They they were they were feeling what we were putting out. They they literally thought that we were just a bunch of you know Americans that didn't give a crap about Lucha Libre. And that's pretty funny because, like, it was just the easiest heat. Oh, it was super easy. I just ran my mouth, and you guys did what you do in the ring. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was the perfect combination. I think, I think at that point, everybody was at their highest point. Oh, yeah. That was, that was as far as, like, work is concerned. Like, everybody was feeling what we were doing, which helped, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody in the group was feeling it. It was a great time. Um, so you were managing at Underground, and, uh, or sorry, at Galley. And then when, when, when was the relaunch of Underground? That was 2011? March of 2014 was the relaunch of Underground officially. Oh, Out I was good way off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're three years off. That's fine. Um, was the official relaunch of Underground Wrestling in Villa Park 
were inside the the Gali Arena, if you will. The, the good old five star swap. The legendary. <laughs> At the five star swap mart, not in it, at it. We were out. In reality, we're not in the swap mart. We're outside of the swap mart in our own little area of the world. Oh, Matt, Matt Nix needs to fucking stretch uh, right now. Just, it's been a long day. Of yeah, just I know. Sitting here watching yeah. the Marine Two. Yeah, we watched the whole Marine Two. How sad is that? Um. So, what? Uh, what was what was the motivation behind uh, bringing it back underground and not trying to come up with a different name or like? I was always curious about that. Underground was was something that we were passionate about, and underground meant something to me. It was my first my first actual business venture into independent wrestling. Uh, Bryce trained at the Underground Wrestling School. He was part of Team Underground with Eric Priest. That's mm-hmm. what Priest's wrestling school was. So it was a, it was a piece of his, his beginnings. So we we both like the name. It was we put we felt like the actual pro as far as the product was concerned when we were running in Juliet, we put in what was really bringing in the fans was the, the, the people that we, we decide to book, the people that we put in the storylines, and it, it was like, it was just, it was a good, it was a good name. And, and if we ever had anything look like the underground, that building is definitely yeah, underground. It's true. Damn near falling apart. But it, it, it was, it was a name that, we had just like stuck with there was no reason to change the name of something that wasn't bad like the management of the business was bad because we didn't know what was actually going on with the management of the business funds were missing at times and then finger pointing began and then it would turn out that, you know, well, once we had someone else handle the funds, funds weren't missing anymore. So, hmm, I wonder where they were going. So it's not like the business, it's not like the actual wrestling company and the name had a bad connotation. So why change it? Sure. Maybe, maybe some of those people remember what it was and want to come out and see. No, that's fair. Um... So, 2014, Underground came back, rising from the ashes, um, running out of the five-star swap meet. There's a lot of good, a lot of good, uh, a lot of good shows, a lot of good matches out of that era of Underground. Uh, the stuff with Mike Matthews and, and, and Bryce. Bryce Benjamin was really good. Um, that that storyline fueled the company for that year. Yeah, pretty much. And if there was ever a storyline that you could really sink your teeth into and believe that was the one. Like, you actually could seriously sit back and go, okay, these two guys hate each other. Look what they're trying to do to each other. And, I mean, and the other thing was, we always had the thought of, we don't need to bring in these established stars, if you will. Mm-hmm. There was so much talent that is 
not even at the time at least was not even tapped into. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of great local talent. So why not? You know, if if this is going to be the Chicago independent scene, why don't we use guys that are in Chicago on the independent scene that aren't necessarily getting the the, the looks because they're not an established star that's been out there for five, ten years. Absolutely. So then, um, I'm trying to just fast forward through uh, through life here. Yeah. Uh, that brings us to um, Bader Brawl. At the Bader Brawl, at the Bader Brow Brewery, which I always have such a hard time saying. It's definitely a tongue twister. Uh, that was that was an opportunity that was brought to both of us from uh, good old Caleb. Yeah. Um, who, uh, you know, set it up like because he was, you know, he he was out there doing the doing the talking and 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 buying the beers and and <laughs> hanging out and you know talked to the people at the brewery and was like they wanted wrestling there so he, he you know he uh, reached out to both me a freelance and. James of Underground and said, "Hey, let's do something here." And uh, the first one we did was was both. It was it was freelance wrestling and Underground Wrestling presents Beta Brawl, yeah. and uh, and it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. It was it was definitely something unheard of. You know, on the independent scene, you never hear of companies really working, working together. together. Yeah, everything's always competition, competition, competition. Screw that guy. Oh, this guy. You know, our shows are better. I don't, you know, I don't like that guy. And here we had the opportunity to show Chicago, like, hey, look, there's two Chicago companies that are working together in Chicago to put on one show for fans. Yeah. And, and actually, I totally just, I totally glossed over uh, Underground Wrestling at Joe's Live in Rose, Rosemont. Uh, we don't have to go into too much detail about that, but... We can go very, into as much detail as you want. Very, very nice venue. Uh, venue was amazing. Very nice venue. Staff, not so much. Um, what was a promising venture turned into the biggest worst outcome that I ever could have imagined for underground which then in turn turned into one of the best things that, for me, in being in wrestling, could have happened. Uh, you know, Joe's live first show, in, they wanted us on Thursday nights, which right then and there... Which is rough. Is rough. It's rough and for any kind of entertainment. Yeah, you, you ran one Thursday night show, and I think it's been your lowest drawing show ever, hasn't it? Probably since the first one. Yeah. No, I, didn't it draw less than the first one? Um, I don't know. Probably about the same. So, the the first the first show at Joe's Live, we had about 150 people, which is awesome on on a Thursday night. It only could go up, right? Well, it's not going to go up when you have a menu that says this drink is this amount, and then you order it, and then it comes. And it's about a dollar fifty more expensive than what you saw on the menu. <laughs> and drinks were just extremely expensive. Very overpriced. Their food was a little bit overpriced. Good food though. 
The food was good. Good was, the food I, was good, I, but I can't take away the food expensive. was good. But it was a little bit overpriced. You know, it's not going to necessarily make people want to come out on a Thursday night when they still have to get up for work the following morning. Yeah. You know, and show two, 50 people less. And by the third and final show of the Joe's Life run, it, we drew maybe 50 people. And financially, that's just not going to work out. No. In anything you do, that's just not, it's yeah. not, it's not worth it. And, I mean, when only, you know, as an individual, you only could put in so much by yourself before you realize that it's just not worth doing when you're supposed to have so much support. No, definitely. That it was just it, at that point I was I was done. I, I was I was burnt out. I was looking forward to May to doing the joint show and after that I had no idea what my future was gonna be and what Underground's future was gonna be. Yeah, and that and that kinda leads to like current day. I mean after that, um when when you guys were kinda like fuck Joe's live, we're out of here. Um, I'm pretty sure it was a mutual fuck each other. Possibly, yeah. Because the ownership of Joe's Live, all of a sudden they were like, well, you know, you're not really selling tickets. You're not really, you know, we're not really moving all that much in food and drinks either. Well, your stuff's expensive. And I can't make people want to come out if they know they're going to have to pay X amount of dollars for a ticket on top of their, their... one drink in their food times how many people it's just it wasn't it wasn't a good fit especially on a Thursday night yeah um so you guys were done there and we did the first uh beta brawl show and and that was sweet and and then I kind of was just like hey I mean you know you guys don't have a venue to run anymore you know, why don't you guys just do underground shows at the, the Beta Brawl, at the at Beta Brawl, you know, and, um, and you, you and Caleb are both like, uh, Caleb being the other, uh, proponent in this, uh, we're just like, well, you know, like, we really want, like, freelance to be a part of it as well, like, it's, it's, it's very important that we, like, have this, um, unity that we show, you know, it's very, you know, very positive, this unity. It was all about showing, other companies That's that okay. it's not always about competition. Right. That it's okay to work with each other. And not necessarily, you know, say, hey, if you work there, you can't work for me. And, so. uh, and that's where I came up with the idea of, well, let's combine the two brands into, into one thing. That way, it's, I, 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 to me, it's just a little bit easier to, like, to digest. You know, if you see, like, Instead of it being like this company and this company brings this like every you know every X amount of months we were doing them, if we just like rebranded as freelance underground, where it's both brands combined into one, and as as its own, but also like uh, you know together you know it's kind of the new the new blood, so to speak of 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 underground and mm-hmm. you know you were very receptive of the idea which you know I, at first I thought. I didn't want to offend you or anybody with the with the with the notion that I was just trying to like, you know, take over the territory. No, but and, like, and the funny part about that is is that I had thought about suggesting it, but 
so many things played into that. I was like, oh, great. Yeah, I'm going to suggest this, and he's going to think I'm just trying to bite off of his name, which was not the case at all. Like, rumor and innuendo states that that's all I was about, and that's all I was going to do, was I wanted to just bite off of your name and make money off of your name and everything you put into it, and that wasn't the case at all. It, it was a matter of, hey, look, if we do this, I can, I, we could still use some of the same talent, which we still do to this day. Sure, yeah. We could establish on our end maybe some guys that you wouldn't have necessarily even thought about using or using in the light that we're using them in. And, and then use other guys that hit you up and you really... D- Nick does his best at trying to facilitate as many spots to as many people as possible. But there's only so many spots. So we saw it as, as a way to possibly, okay, well, hey, send them, send them our way. We'll try to find a way to use them so that you could at least get a, a physical look up close and personal as opposed to having to go on YouTube or look up other things. You could actually see a firsthand experience of, hey, this guy's actually pretty good. Let's use him on the regular freelance shows. Right. So... We're, I, I guess it was, we're like an NXT, but we're, we're like a SmackDown at the same time. Yeah, it's just the, the, the other brand. Right. You know, we're, we, are, we are the bastard child of freelance wrestling. <laughs> that, that's how I, how I put it. You know, we're the thing that wasn't supposed to happen, ended up happening, and now here we are, two brands that have, or one brand, two shows that, yeah, you'll see some of the same talent, but it's an entirely different experience. Right. You know, freelance is that go-hard company that, that brings in some of those, those names that people want to see, but focuses on a lot of Chicago talent. And our, our mindset is, okay, hey, look, we're going to try to cater to a completely different audience. We're, we're going to cater to the, you know, when we were running at Baderbrow, it was, you know, the craft beer scene. The, mm-hmm. the casual fan that doesn't necessarily think, oh, my God, I have to go see this independent wrestling show. They could be just walking by or they could stop at Baderbrow or they could see an advertisement. It's like, oh, oh, shit, beer and wrestling and food, I'm there. And then, you know, the drunker people get, the more involved in the show they get, and hopefully they're, they're return customers. Definitely, yeah. If I'm rambling, I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. Um, let's see where we're at. Let's, uh, let's jump into some of these questions that we got here. From I, I put, put out a post today uh, on the day that we're recording. Um, well, actually, this is going to go up tomorrow, so... <laughs> so today, oh, wow. Hopefully uh, you edit some of the garbage. I don't edit anything. Oh, perfect. I never do. Um, well, we kind of... Well, so first question I, I just see up here is from uh, our good friend Jordan Pride. Um, which we kind of we kind of, we kind kind of of touched on this already. Is he, he says, uh, Original Underground, what was it meant to be and what happened? Original Underground... 
was meant to showcase different people that you may not have heard of and to showcase a lot of the upcoming talent in Chicago. Or in this case, out in Joliet. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, at the time, you, it was AEW. And they were bringing in the machine guns, and they were bringing in Jerry Lynn all the time, and he was their champ. And they were they were using a lot of a lot of semi no. I mean, come on, Tyler Black, aka Seth Rollins, was there. Yeah, they had they had a start, and they had a lot of guys that were somebody on the indie scene. Well, what about the guys? And what about the guys that are trying to get into AEW that don't get that look at the time? So we create an environment like, hey, we think these guys are good. Let's see what a wrestling fan will think about them. So we try to establish a a company where, hey, these are the underground stars of the independent scene. Come give them a shot and see what you think. And up into the point of when all hell broke loose, you know, we were we were doing exactly that. I think you did a good job with it too. We tried, man. You were you were still you were still uh, uh still bouncing around. Yeah, you were still bouncing on trampolines, on trampolines <laughs> and plywood and tires. Um. All right, let's see. Okay, on the... Da, 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 da. Another good friend of ours, Sterling Richard, asks, NWO Black and White or NWO Wolfpack? I would definitely have to say NWO Wolfpack was my well, shit I mean, growing up. Y- you already know what my, my choice is. You saw the flag hanging up. Oh, yeah. I got, <laughs> I'm Wolfpack. We're Wolfpack for life. I'm, I'm Wolfpack. It, uh, it was just... I don't know. At the time, it just it was perfect. It was perfect for what it needed to be. It's when the when the NWO was starting to get a little stale. And it could and man, if they would have kept going on with the Wolfpack and didn't do the, the you know NWO two thousand oh the finger the poke finger of doom. poke of doom, who knows what would have happened to WCW at the time? That that literally that night was the last time I watched WCW. The finger poke it was the finger poke. It just exposed the business. Yep. Expo- not even that. It was Hulk Hogan back on top. Yeah, that too. It, you know, as we touched on earlier, some guys need to realize that hey, it's time for you to usher in Next other generation. guys, especially that WCW roster. They had so many young guys that are Hall of Famers now. They had oh, yeah. Eddie Guerrero. They had Rey Mysterio. They had Dean Malenko. They Chris had Jericho. Benoit, Benoit. We'll, we'll say it. Chris Benoit. They had. They brought in Bret Hart, who they could have done something with. They had Sting coming off that hot angle where he was gone for a year. Yeah. Like yeah, he's a little. He was. He was obviously up in that age range. But man, there was so much that could. You had Conan. Conan was not an old man. Conan was still young at the time. Mm-hmm. You had. You had Booker T. You had, um, I mean, even Scott Steiner was getting up there, but you had the Steiner brothers still. You had guys that you could have ushered in off of the Hulk Hogan name. And they did, I mean, they did with Goldberg, but they, everything they did with Goldberg ended up, in my eyes at least, 
dying out when they did the finger poke. Yeah. But yeah, um, to answer the question, Wolfpack. Yes. <laughs> uh, he, Sterling also asks, favorite backyard wrestler name? Sterling's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> favorite backyard wrestler name? Um, shit. I don't even know, man. I liked Insomnia. Insomnia? I liked Insomnia. He just slept all the time. Oh, no, he didn't Insomnia. sleep. Insomnia no, he didn't he sleep. He never slept. He was awake all the time. He, he, he was, he was, he was a sleepless slayer, Insomnia. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was the Insomniac, the original Woken star. Yeah. He was always awake. That's my, that's my dad joke for the day. Mm. Um, now, when you say dad joke, do you mean Ruben or Caleb? Both. Okay. Just make got sure. two fathers now, guys. Um, this is a good question. Uh, he also asks, person in indie wrestling that had the most potential that left the business too soon? Joey Marks. Yeah, you know what? Let's... Hands down. Joey Marks. Well, he's still, like, floating around. Yeah, he's floating around, but he's not... In it, in it. In it, in it. The, the kid disappears for three years, comes back for one match does better than everybody who's been consistently wrestling and doesn't miss a beat. It's true. He's not, he's not out of wind. Which is crazy because that guy smokes like a chimney. Oh, he used to smoke like a chimney. Oh, he's done? Oh, yeah, he quit. Good for him. He quit, he quit cigarettes. I mean, still has his, uh, his vape. He quit drinking, though, didn't he? And he quit drinking. Yeah, that was a big now, one. Joey Marks, proud of that kid for everything he's done now with his life. I can't, I can't speak higher about somebody. He's a dad now? He's a dad or, now of two. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's a, a stepdaddy. Stepdaddy and real, uh, not and, real daddy, but uh, by blood child. Yeah. <laughs> he got married. He got his life together. He's responsible. He's an adult. He's an adult. One of the, one of the first ones to actually be an adult. Yeah. But Joey Marks, hands down, if he would have stuck around... I mean, to the point where when Joe first started out, Mustafa Ali said Joe is the future of independent wrestling. That is a direct quote that Ali put out there. Yeah. Is that if Joe stuck with it and got his head on straight, he is the future of independent wrestling. And he just, his, not to put his business out there, things weren't going great for him, and he got out. He didn't want to deal with having to commit to anything. It's fair. And he, he would have been, he would have been traveling for sure. I think he would end up in the X division eventually. Probably. An impact. Yeah. Uh, with Cruiserweight division going now, it's a high possibility. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, he would have definitely got extra work on 205 Live, given who's on there. Yeah. But, yeah, Joey Marks. I can't think of anybody else that doesn't wrestle anymore, at least around the Chicagoland area. I'm trying to think. That blew their opportunity. Yeah, I mean, like, Joe, Joe definitely comes to mind. Uh, I, I don't think there's anybody I can really think of. Yeah. That, um, actually, had the, that actually had the heart for wrestling. Yeah, that you loved know? it I that mean, much. I mean, there's your, your swole, hey, 
you could be a wrestler, and then they get oh, in. Those don't count. They think they're gonna be superstars, and then when they don't become superstars the way they want to be superstars, they quit the business. Not those guys. <laughs> those guys don't count. Calvin Beckham. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that's funny. We were just talking about him, or I don't. We'll talk about that later. I, it was I probably you and I talking about it. No, 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 no. Because I remember talking to you about him lately. Who was asking? It was like about a random him? question that you asked me about. It's like yesterday. Okay, then it wasn't me. Oh, no, I, I'll, we'll talk about it yeah. later. It's not anything important, yeah. but um, uh, Rashad M. Hayes, he asked what influenced the name change and merger. Uh, we talked about that. So yeah, you, we answered that question. If you listen and you you heard that shit already. Da, 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 wrestling with unicorns. They asked, "How did the partnership between Underground and Freelance happen?" Answered it. We answered that. So, da da da. Uh, they just said Chicago wrestling scene. Okay, and I, I think I know where he was going with that. The Chicago wrestling scene is currently thriving. Um, I, I, but. My question back to him would be, do you mean the actual Chicago wrestling scene or the companies in Chicago running the wrestling sure. there's, scene? There's so, and it's always, it's always funny uh, when I talk to people outside of Chicago and they're like, oh, is there a, bunch of, is there a lot of wrestling in Chicago? <laughs> and I go, uh, yeah, there's a lot of companies in Chicago. And, and one, one car ride, uh, uh, me and Stevie decided to count how many we could think of. And I think we got up to almost 20 of wrestling companies in Chicago. I know. Or in the, in, in the surrounding area. Um, a few years ago, Bryce and I were super bored, and we started doing the family tree. Oh, yeah. And I remember that. I don't know what the hell happened to it. We actually had it drawn out with all the different branches. And I, he, I think we were up to like 15. At the time... 15, 16 different companies that all somehow branched off of Windy City Pro Wrestling. Oh, yeah, this, I'm going to put this up on Facebook. It was later. like the seven degrees gonna, of Kevin Bacon. We're going to, I'm going to make this a reality and I'm going to, I'm going to get this going. We're going to do, try to make an, an official family tree of Chicago Pro Wrestling. It's going to be the most dysfunctional family tree that you could ever well, have. But You know, as like most families. That, yeah. You know. <laughs> um, they also asked, Thoughts on social media having effect on wrestling. Now, I have... Gift and a curse. Yeah, it's been, it's been the best and worst thing for wrestling. The best because it's, it's such a great outlet for getting your, yourself out there, getting your, you know, your footage out there, you know, specifically with the, like guys like the Unicorns and uh, Jose, Jose, Joke, whatever his name. I can't uh, pronounce it right, but... Um, Guys like that, you know, getting footage out there, you know, interacting with, you know, promoters, you know, trying to get bookings and stuff. That's all really good. And it's good for, you know, it's good for getting, getting exposure. On that same note, it is bad because of that. Because now you're out there in this public forum and you, let's say you say something stupid on Facebook or Twitter and it just blows up and like catches fire and you, you're just, you're, you're done. You're buried. I think we're all victims of that one. Oh, yeah. No, like, it happens. Real quick, Wrestling with Unicorns has been amazing. Oh, they've helped they, so They've much. helped so much. Just the, the, the video clips that they take, and most recently, 
the double angle video clips. That's pretty cool. I forgot. I, I haven't. I haven't told him that yet personally, the, the, but like, yeah. I, I'm very impressed with that because it's. Sometimes you see a clip and you're like, man, that's that was pretty cool, but I wish I could have seen it. Oh, there's the other angle right there. <laughs> the, the fact that they do it continuously, religiously every single weekend for as many, many companies and never asks for anything in return. Nope. They Except because they love the business. It, all they ask is your permission to be ringside. And I actually physically around the ring. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing he's ever asked me up front if he could do. He never asked for a dollar. He never asked for free admission. He never asked for a t-shirt. He never asked for a glass of water. He's never asked for anything. And to think that as much as they do for at least five or six just in the Chicagoland area, you think more people would take advantage of it. You would think, but... And not only would they take advantage of it, but actually not make the kid pay for seats at their show. And those people know who they are. I'm not pointing any fingers. I'm not pointing any fingers, kind of. Not make them pay for their seat or give them shit for going to other shows. Right. Because they don't like the people in charge of them. Oh, yeah. It, it just blows my <laughs> mind. <laughs> that, that, is a, that is a discussion for another time. Oh, yeah. That is... Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you know, social media, blessing and a curse. Oh, so, and, and then the other part of the social media thing is, is that if it's done right by the promotion and by the, the person that is booked on the show, it's amazing. But it also could, the promotion could get pissed off at the people on their show for doing absolutely zero anything on social media. Sure, yeah. Promotion is key. You want to be booked, promote the damn Pre show. Pretty much. And, and if it took... If it took hours to do, then okay, I get it. But you literally could click on share on Facebook you don't and have, post. You don't, even have to five write, you don't even have to write anything. No. Just share the damn flyer. You click on retweet, boom, there it is. The only, the only social media outlet that it might take a little bit of time to do anything on is Instagram. Yeah. But if you want to be booked, share the stuff. It, it, it shows that the company is making an investment in you and that you're making an investment back. Like, hey, look, my fans, this is where I'm going to be. Be there. Be, be proud of where you're working. Don't, don't try to hide the... If, if you don't want to be there, if you don't want to share anything, you don't want to be a part of social media, you don't want to cut a promo, then why are you taking the booking? Right. So, yeah, it's a gift and curse. <laughs> uh, and I guess our last question here is from Brendan Conway. Oh, God. Uh, I saw Brendan's questions earlier. I hope he posted something that isn't out of, out of this world. He just said, uh, do you pick the heavy hitters, speedsters, yeah. or more rounded characters in arcade beat-em-up styles, uh, beat-em-up games? Uh, also, just arcade beat-em-ups in general, Streets of Rage or Final Fight? Um... For me, 
I guess it all depends on, like, who I'm fighting in the game. But I, I do definitely like to pick um, more heavy hitter characters. But, uh, you know, I guess a, a more well-rounded character would be probably the best option uh, if you're trying to, to, to get a, cover all your bases there. It all depends on who your opponent is. If, it's a, if you got someone that's more of a heavy hitter, you should want to go with somebody that is possibly faster. Yeah, the guy, the guy moves slower, yeah. Yeah. And Brendan, don't kill me for this, but I really don't play those types of games, man. <laughs> That's okay. I don't either, really. I mean, if I'm out at an, at an arcade, I will play, you know, I'll play some Street Fighter. I'll play, you know, Mortal Kombat. Um, those are the two. Those, those are the two big ones. Two big ones. Streets of Rage is good. I have Streets of Rage on my Sega at home, so I've only played that on, at home. Your Sega? Yeah. Sega Genesis, buddy. Uh, I have all my games still. I don't have a Sega Genesis, though. Really? I have all my original Nintendo games, too. I may, uh, I may talk to you about acquiring those. Yeah. Okay, we'll see. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that later, too. <laughs> or you could buy my Sega Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> Either way. Um, well, that's all of our questions and stuff. Uh, Facebook I looked on my... Oh, did you share this? anything? I shared it in that one group. Oh, I didn't look there's at actually There was actually one question in there that... That you and I definitely can answer with an intelligent response. Here, I'll pull it up right now. If your Wi-Fi will, will work. Hey, my Wi-Fi is flying. I don't know what you're talking about. Flying for you? My phone is all over the place right now. We'll get the get through those last couple questions, and uh, bear with us as we you know attempt to use social media. Social <laughs> it's media, a curse, the blessing it. and the curse currently is a curse. Um, let's see. No, not that question. Oh, this shit logged me out. What is this? It, it's your it's your Mac. No, I know. No, it logged me off of Facebook. That's because it's a Mac. Here, you want me to ask the, the question? The Mac attack. Because here's a good question. Yeah, for, read them out. It's, read show, them out it's show purposes. Read them out loud. Uh, are we ever going to see uh, FU champions versus freelance champion matches? Um, it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. This is from Enrique Moreno. I love Enrique. Um, it's definitely not out of the realm of possibilities. Uh, I've, it's just some, not something that I'm, like, anxious to jump into right away right. because it, it's something that we could build to when we need to. Correct. It's not something we need to do right now. I absolutely agree with your, your sentiment and statement on that. There's no real rhyme or reason to do it right now. Um, we'll, we'll take we'll just take our, chan- our, our main champions right now. Why should Craig Mitchell face Isaiah Velasquez? There's no reason to do it. Outside of, oh, this would be really cool to see. Right. Which is awesome, but... Uh, let's see. Will... Uh, this, is, I guess, is directed toward you. Because it just says, Freelance in Caps by Jeremy Garcia. Jeremy. Ever think of having a women's championship title? I have. And... It, it's... So... 
currently in freelance, we only have the we have the world championship and we have the tag team championships, and that's done us very well since you know since we first crowned those. Uh, I have been wanting to institute a a mid card championship, um, and then, and then the idea of a women's championship did um, cross my mind as well. Uh, it's just it really is just a matter of of funds. As, as far as, uh, you know, getting a belt made and stuff. Uh, that and, you know, I saw AAW crown their own women's champion uh, recently. I think it was last year or maybe two at this point. I don't know. Um, but I wasn't... Once I saw them, them crowning a women's champion, I was less inclined to do it right away. Uh, I still would like to do it at some point, but... I would. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to. Well, I don't want to make it seem like I'm just trying to like copy off of what they're doing, which is not the case. Um, but it's good that they're that they're instituting a women's championship. It gives more girls opportunities to wrestle for their company because I know that they're a company that didn't necessarily do a lot of women's wrestling. But women's wrestling is 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 a hot thing right now, and uh, and they're capitalizing on it, and that's good. So soon. Sooner than later, we'll, we'll, we'll probably see a women's championship in freelance, but uh, when that will be, I do not know. And, and Jeremy, I, I actually could, if, if you even care about my response, I'm going to give it to you anyway. Uh, you will not be seeing a women's championship at Freelance Underground. Um, our stance, as you already know, we already have the wonderful Kylie Ray is one of our regular champions. She's a tag champ. Uh, we believe in not limiting ladies versus ladies, men versus men. And, I mean, even freelance doesn't do that. I mean, everybody remembers Sally Stitches? Hey. Uh, so why pigeonhole it for our, at least our, our business plan? Not, not that having a women's championship isn't a good idea. Uh, for our business plan, and why limit the ladies to their own championship when they could be any champion that they want to be. Sure. Let's see, what else? What are the goals of the company in the future? Any new plans? Um, I do have a few plans. Uh, and if you're listening to this tomorrow or, you know, I, the next couple of months are going to be pretty, pretty cool, pretty fun. Uh, fun for me, fun for the fans, fun for the wrestlers. So... Just keep your keep your eyes open uh, to social media. And and as see. a as a secondary person on that, I've I've heard some of the stuff and it is pretty cool. Um, it's definitely something different than what you've seen out of freelance in the previous years. Uh, Mr. Nix is definitely expanding his mind on what can and cannot be done. So stay tuned to what you see from the. Uh, Freelance wrestling at Logan Square. <laughs> uh, when are we going to get the long-awaited freelance versus FU show? Never. <laughs> no. Um, right now, with talent being used by both both companies, there's no real reason to do freelance versus FU. Why? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really a lot of the same talent, mm-hmm. uh, minus plus or minus a couple of di- different people, but. Um, it's, I don't. We just don't see it as a, as the need right now. Right, we're we're under we're under one umbrella. Why face each other 
Maybe, maybe like, like it was asked earlier about champion versus champion, you might see that eventually. But there's no reason for us to really go up against one another when we're, we're one big, dysfunctional, happy family. <laughs> Why isn't the FU Independent Championship used as a mid-card title on both brands? Um, I've talked to Nick about this in the past, and he... It's something that we've discussed. We haven't necessarily hammered anything down of having that belt on both brands or not. Uh, but who knows? Maybe in the future. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely we definitely talked about it, and uh, I think it was it, it, it's more so of me wanting to when when we do if and when we do establish a secondary championship in freelance, uh, or not secondary, but like mid card belt. Um, I want it to be like our own thing and like have its own lineage and stuff and not not that, that having it from Freelance Underground wouldn't be uh, it would be a bad thing or not but I'm just very like big on, on having it be like all all inclusive I guess right and um, that makes total sense you know you you will see belts from both shows Every now and again, defended on the other show. You know, I mean, Isaiah's just defended the Freelance World Championship. Craig Mitchell just defended the Freelance Underground Championship mm-hmm. against PCO. So you'll see, you'll see them every now and again, but they got to be special to do it. Right. And if it doesn't make sense, then it doesn't happen. And then here's something that, uh, here's a question that, you and I had discussed in the first year of freelance, and then you just never really, never really brought it up. But it's gonna go right back into the secondary or mid car championship. Are we ever going to get a scramble match championship? Um, yeah, that was definitely talked about early on. Um, I think the idea of it was is a good idea, but then I. I I just don't like the idea because then it's then you're typecasted to that that match and I don't know I think that there's other other things we could do with the scramble uh, that I actually I have plans for coming up that we can make it special and not just like meaningless uh, crazy matches but uh, now as far as the scramble match thing I mean the scram the scrambles traditionally are they 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 change. There's not one person that's in every single scramble, unless you're Gringo. Unless you're Gringo and you love scramble matches. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it, it be you had brought up like a trophy, yeah, or, or medal, or a medal, or some other kind of thing that that's like a championship, but it's not a championship, right? And I mean, that'd be cool. Yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely so many possibilities that we could do, and you know, four four years in, that would be really cool. Yeah, <laughs> you know, three months in, not so hot. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the what what the future brings to us. Um, well, I mean, that's all of our questions. Uh, do you have? Is there anything you want to talk about? Any uh, anything you want to plug? Any? Uh, this is like your your platform here at the end. Oh kinda... man, it's my platform. 
I hate everybody. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, first off, thank you. This is like my first podcast. Really? That I, yeah. Popped your chair. I am. It, it's to the point where, you know, I'm I'm co-promoting the shows. And I mean, the big thing for people when you show up is you should probably say hi to the guy that's paying you, right? You think so? Yeah. I've had people that I have paid not even introduce themselves, <laughs> say hello, anything. So, and the reason I say that is it, it's my first because I'm the guy in the background. Caleb, Caleb is out there. He's in the ring. He's refing. He, he's the one, he's in the streets, I'm behind the scenes. So, yeah, that's why it's my first one. Nobody really knows who I am. They wouldn't, if they saw me, they wouldn't be like, oh, that's the guy that, that runs the show. No. That, as far as everyone else is concerned, Caleb is. So, yeah, thank you. Now, may, now maybe people invite me over when they invite Caleb over to do podcasts. Two heels in the face? <coughs> 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 So, yeah, I have nothing to really plug. Uh, Freelance Underground on Facebook, Freelance Underground on Instagram, Freelance Underground on YouTube, and then Twitter is at Freelance, U-N-D-R-G-D, because there's not enough characters in the frickin' in the Twitterverse. In the Twitterverse. But that works. Um... Support good wrestling. Yes. Uh, we don't have a date set for the next Underground show. Uh, we're working on possibly October, possibly September. Um, <laughs> I guess we didn't really touch on Beta Brow. Yeah, oh, uh, Beta Brow's dead. Yeah, ba- ba- Beta Brow closed on us, and ownership decided not to even tell us about it closing. Why, so, would, why would why, they? Why, I mean, why would they? It wasn't like they're promoting an so event. So we had three we had three dates set in stone at Beta Brow that now are completely up in the air. Especially the August date. That's completely up in the air. We're hoping to salvage the date uh, the two dates in October, which is the twenty seventh and the twenty first in November. But the August date's definitely Way, way, way up in the air because I don't think we're going to be able to find a place on that date by now. I might, can, we might push it back a week. I can probably help you guys with something. But we'll yeah. we oh, talk about that off the air. And, then, and that's the other thing, you know. Anybody who thinks that Matt Nix is a bad guy all the time. Everyone hates me. Yeah, well, <laughs> welcome to the promoter group. Everyone thinks Matt Nix is a bad guy. Matt Nix saved the Freelance Underground show for June with one simple email. He didn't have to. Which is crazy because I was trying to get a hold of them forever, and they were, like, no-selling me. And then I I wasn't expecting... We found out why. Well, yeah, yeah, we found out why. Just uh, insurance uh, Insurance purposes, because everyone's too dangerous. Um, So, you know, Matt Nix saved the show. Uh, Clearly, he can't be that bad of a guy. He doesn't have any rhyme or reason to save the show, aside from possibly, oh, no, I don't want to lose the booking, so I have to do something. <laughs> uh, he doesn't put money into this, into Freelance Underground, so it wasn't him losing out on anything. Yeah, he did that for us, and within a couple hours, we had an answer. And then we finalized everything, and 
did the best that we could in two weeks that we were given after Beta Brow was closed. So thank you. I know I've thanked you a thousand times, but here's another <laughs> public one. Thank you. Well, I, I'm glad I could uh, help in any way I could. So, yeah, that's all my plugs and upcoming events. Upcoming events. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, God, I'll cut that out. <laughs> but uh, thank you. Thank you for being on. Thanks for talking to me about uh, you know, stuff and things. And you know, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back hopefully with another episode. I don't know if I'm gonna do them weekly anymore, but like when I can, yeah. they're definitely. Th- this is definitely gonna be back or more. So, casual conversation with people and friends and people that you're comfortable with. You don't have to chase interviews. Yeah. Do it for fun. Don't don't do it because you have to do it. Do it because you want to do it. No, and I, and I want to do it. It's just I don't know. It's hard. It's hard sometimes. Life is hard. You live a busy life. Slang and tease. Slang and tease. All right, guys. Go do something with your lives. Stop listening to me talk. Peace.